in-depth study of the Word in the Bible, um, of how often this topic is talked about. So immediately, part of the reason I wanted you to see this is I wanted you to see that there's not just like random occurrences. It's not like uh, Revelation talks about it a lot, uh, but it's all over the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, everywhere. And the reason is because heaven is so, so, so important for us to know what it is and to know that it's a reality. And you're going to hear that word a couple times tonight, that I want you to leave here with the understanding of this. Heaven is a reality. Heaven is a reality. Heaven is coming. Jesus is coming back. Now, what we're going to focus on is talking about, okay, but what does that mean? Like, when that reality happens, what is going to happen? What's it going to look like? What's it going to be like? And part of the reason I wanted you to imagine for a second is to broaden your horizons. I think for me, when I was growing up, when I thought about heaven or someone asked me about heaven, we would think about, well, I view heaven as an ongoing church service. That all we're going to do is we're going to sit and we're going to sing and everyone's going to be there. And that's all we're going to do. And here's the deal. Scripture doesn't actually talk about heaven in that way solely. Will we worship? Will there be music? Will we gather as a body to worship? Yes. But heaven is so much more than you joining some angelic choir for eternity. And I want you to hear that up front. Because I think what can happen to us is we can get dull to our senses about what heaven is. And when we start to believe what other people are talking about heaven, we start to not really get that excited about it. I mean, if you think about this, eternity, that's a really long time to go somewhere and be in that place for eternity. But guess what? This place is unlike anything you could ever even fathom. So the first uh, passage we're going to look at is one of the main ones that's always talked about uh, when it comes to heaven. And I just want you to listen and I want you to see the, the holiness, the glory of Jesus. And what heaven is going to be like. I mean, if you saw this already, but Revelation 21. John says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain. For the former things have passed away. 
And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. He also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. To the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son and daughter. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Guys, heaven is a reality. One thing is for sure if we're going to believe heaven is a reality, which also means that hell is a reality. And we're going to talk more about hell next week, but in some ways we really can't understand the beauty of heaven until we understand the utter devastation Loneliness, darkness of hell. A place that is without God. A place that is without good. A place that is without love. A place that is without grace. Jesus said, I am making all things new. As we dreamed, we dreamed about newness. I went around, I saw what y'all wrote down. Our minds go to it. And God is saying, I am doing that. I'm making all things new. That means the things on this earth, but it also means you and me. He's making us new. The defects, the sin, the things that we don't like to deal with about ourselves and about others and about this world, Christ is making new. That's awesome reality. That Jesus is making all things new. The second passage is Philippians 3, 20 through 21. And it says this, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior. The Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Here's the next reality I want you to understand about heaven. Your citizenship, the place you call home, is no longer this earth. Hear me. This earth is not your home. Stop treating it that way. God calls us in Scripture that we are sojourners, wanderers, aliens in this world. Because, guys, this isn't our home. You have a citizenship somewhere else. I always think about, um, you know, the really cool feeling. I don't know if y'all, maybe this is just a nerd moment for Andrew. But like when you leave the country and you come back into the USA and you go through customs, there's this moment when you go through customs where you kind of feel like, I'm home. Like this is where I belong. Like this, this is where I've grown up. This is what I've called home. In amplified ways, you and I will experience that as we go to heaven. Because, guys, what you call home right now 
it is home for what it is. But what your soul, what you were created for, has not come to you yet. That home where you feel at peace, at rest. Your citizenship is somewhere else. Isaiah 25, 6-9 says, On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined, and he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples and the veil that is spread over all nations. And he will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all the faces. It will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord we have waited for. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Guys, there are pleasures endless, joy endless. I know we, a couple of groups already mentioned this, but this passage speaks to some of the things we've already talked about. It literally talks about feast. Like we will get to feast to, together on the best food you've ever had in your life. Think about the best food you've ever had. It will be better. It will be delicious. Mm, the, the best filet mignon I've ever had in my life with some mashed potatoes. Guys, mm, sounds real, real good, right? And then you get to kind of wash it down with your favorite dessert, maybe some chocolate chip cookies, a cake, a pie, ice cream. Ice cream. Guys, there will be a feast. Because as we've already read, we will be raised in a glorious body. I want you to hear this. In heaven, you will have a body. You will have a glorious body. One that has been rid of all its infirmities and raised with Christ. I think it's really cool when we think about, okay, what what is heaven going to be like in terms of like, what am I going to look like? What are we going to be like? Jesus has already answered that for us in the fact that when he came back from the dead, he was living in a resurrected body. That's the body we will take on. That idea of a glorified body. And he was recognizable. We are going to recognize each other. We're going to know who people are. You're going to be recognizable. And community around the feast will be endless. The amount of friends and people that you will meet and, and strike up friendship with and relationship with. People from 3,000 years ago and possibly people 500 years from now all gathered in the throne room of God, in the dining room of God, in the feast of God. It's exciting. We may get to sit across the table and actually have a conversation with Peter. We may actually get to sit across the table and ask, uh, Adam, what happened? Okay? We may get to sit across the table with someone 
who you don't even know the name of, but they took the gospel to a small, unreached tribal group in the middle of Africa. And you're going to get to hear the story of how God used them. And all glory and praise are going to continue to go to him. Guys, there are stories unending. They're going to get to hear your story. How exciting is this that we get to do this together without sin? Psalm 1611 also says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there's fullness of joy. When you have fullness of joy, there's no fuller fullness. Your joy is full in the presence of God. The one thing I want you to know about heaven, the most important thing, because without it, heaven is not heaven, is the fact that God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, is there. And forever we get to be with him. But here's the deal, guys. If that doesn't excite you, you probably don't know him. Because if you know him, and you know him just, as Scripture says, through a mirror dimly, because sin has shrouded our true relationship with each other, but still, we love and have joy in the presence of Jesus. Imagine it full. Full joy with God. And at the right hand of him are pleasures evermore, pleasures endless all the things your heart could ever desire are fulfilled in heaven. Heaven is an inexhaustible joy. Colossians 3, 1 through 4 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, is, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Guys, heaven will be glorious. We throw around that word glory a lot, right? Like they have glory, I give them glory, or they're glorious. But we don't really understand what glory is until we've experienced the weight of a God who is glory. That will be heaven. I love this, um, this quote by a guy named Jonathan Edwards. He talks about how you and I are made for heaven. I want you to listen to this really closely because I think it's beautiful. He says, for it is not humanity in the abstract that is to be saved and walked into heaven, but you, you, the individual hearer, It is you, Trevor. It is you, Cole. You individually are the person that when you walk into heaven to meet Jesus, when his eyes are set on you, it says, he will know you individually. And you will feel like there is no one else in that moment. When Jesus' eyes meet you for the first time, But God will look to every soul like it's the first love because he is its first love. 
Your place in heaven will seem to be made for you and you alone because you were made for it. I want you to hear that, that you were made for heaven. And it fits perfectly for you, made for it, stitch by stitch as a glove is made for a hand. You were made for heaven. And then last, Hebrews 4, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For the good news has come to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them. For we who have believed entered that rest. Guys, there is perfect rest in heaven. I don't know about y'all, but... My personality really loves rest, probably to a selfish, lazy degree. But when I say there's perfect rest in heaven, I mean something your soul longs for, but you won't ever find here. That you're going to be restless here. We're going to be restless here because sin is still in our hearts and sin is still creating restlessness inside of us that we haven't been fulfilled. We haven't found contentment. Guys, when we get to heaven, all you will have is contentment. There won't ever be a time, there won't ever be a day when you feel like, I don't have enough. I need more. My desire, my wants, my needs aren't being met. It won't ever happen. Because it's perfect rest. Rest for your weary souls. What I want you to do now is to just think for a second. How do we live with these realities in mind? Like all these things are true and they're great. And I'm so excited. And I hope you are excited more after this about heaven. But what do we do with these realities? How do we live with them in mind? How do they change us? How do we walk out of here differently? Because here's the harsh reality, guys. We love our earthly present lives. We love our earthly lives. And because of that, often, very often, we never think about heaven. In fact, we may ignore the thought of heaven because we're scared that it's coming too soon before I get to experience the things on this earth that I want to experience. Talk about being backwards. Because guys, let me tell you right now, there is nothing on this earth that will ever be like the experience of heaven. And I know right now, because I've been in your seat and thought these things but I, like, if I could just have 20, 30 years like that, I'd be happy. Even just that thought shows how backwards we are about heaven. Guys, nothing in this life will ever fill that gap that we just talked about. That hole, that place where you want rest and you're restless. How are you a stranger and a sojourner so that you can be at home there? That's how I want you to live in reality now. I want you to think about this. How are you living currently 
that would show that this isn't your home. That you are going somewhere else. I thought about this as like a, um, some of you may be like this when you're about to go on vacation, right? And you're super excited, like you're two weeks away, you're going on a trip, you're really excited about it, you start to do research. Some of you may start to look at Instagram about like, I've never been to this place before, so I want to see what it looks like. Some of you may be planners, so you're trying to look at like the things that are going to be there and like, how can we put them all into the plan? That's how I want you to think about heaven. I want you to be so excited about it that you are searching scriptures. You are reminding yourself. You are looking for that day. Because guys, here's the reality. It could be tomorrow. Let me say that again. The reality is it could be tomorrow that Jesus comes back. No one knows the time or the day. So what I'll also say is, if you are sitting in here right now, God is not someone to be played with. Jesus is not someone to be played with. It's not like a, yeah, maybe, I'll figure it out later. Guys, if you don't choose to put your faith in him and you have chosen to put your faith in other things, there may not be time. Time is not afforded to you. If you get tomorrow, it's a gift. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. So I just want you to live in the reality that whenever that day comes, I'm going to be ready. I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to be thinking, Jesus, could you give me another 20 years? Or Jesus, could you give me another week? I'm not quite ready. Some things I want to do. No, we are so ready. And to quote the end of Revelation that says, Lord Jesus, come soon. Because this place we're going to, guys, it will blow your minds. So good. The last thing I want to read um, is a section from that same place. And it says, the Bible offers us numerous pictures of heaven filling out our conception of the realm, enhancing our anticipation of it. In heaven, we will take up a mansion prepared for us. We will serve the Lord with our talents and abilities. We will rest in the arms of Christ. We will worship the Lord by singing and praising. Flowing from the eternal triune God will be all glory, majesty, and satisfaction. Again, believe heaven. Believe the reality of it. Get excited about it. Tell other people about it. Just the same way you would tell other people about your trip. Like, hey, did I tell you that we're, gonna, we're going to Germany this summer? This, these are some of the things we're going to do. And like, this is what I'm really excited about. Here's some of the photos that I looked at. And like, I think we're going to try to do this. Tell people about it. It's where you're going to spend the rest of your life. It's your home. Wouldn't you tell people about your home? In the same way that we talk about our families and our home here. Believe in heaven. Believe in the reality of heaven. Let's pray.
pray. Father, we thank you that we even get the opportunity to be in your presence in fullness of joy and that one day you will come back and that you will ransom your people and we will all join together in heaven in inexhaustible joy. And Lord, we did nothing to deserve that. Thank you, Jesus. Praise Jesus that he has saved us. And our eternity is this. I pray, Father, that the reality of heaven would be true for us as we leave here. That we would live light in that reality. That heaven is real. And we believe it is. And we are going to live like it is. We thank you for this time. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Uh, we have uh, a retreat this weekend, if anyone's excited about that. Um, so the, I need y'all to be here uh, between 4 and 4.30. I know some of the middle school students get out a little bit later. That's okay. Um, just get here as fast as you can because we're going to need to run through a bunch of... Um, just medical screenings, and then we'll need to pack all the vans and stuff, so it'll take a little bit of time, okay? Um, and uh, I don't think there's anything else. We are super excited to go. I looked at the weather forecast recently. I think we're supposed to get snow on Saturday. Um, it's going to be really cold. So bring a lot of layers. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. So, we just need to pack up the one table and chairs and leave everything else. Did you talk to my dad? No, but I will. Sorry. That's all I'm bringing.